is my intro. <laughs> you do the intro. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was, I was waiting. I was like sat there going, Lucy's Lucy's taking a long time this intro. So hello and welcome to another episode of the Wiki Weekdays podcast. I'm your host, Carl Smallwood, joined as ever by my illustrious co-host, Lucas Holland. Hello there. And if anyone's not tuned into the Wiki Weekdays podcast before, myself and Lucas will scour the lengths and breadths of the internet to find a wiki entry on something we personally find interesting and then pit them against one another deathmatch style for you, our audience, to vote on at home. So I believe we've had a joint one last week on Mimir, the God of Wisdom. We're back to the usual format now where you're going to bring a wiki first, we're going to take a break, and then I'm going to like, you know, come in counter, counter blow with my wiki. So what are we talking about um, uh, with you, Monfrey? Well, I just have to apologise for like punching my mic a little bit before we get started. But the amount of times I slap this thing, because I'm not used to having like a mic arm. I mean, I was used to being like using a lovely air mic for so many years, mm-hmm. but they were battery powered and just if you're doing an hour and a half long podcast, and then people, like, I lightly would touch my desk. Like yes. the most gentle of touch on the desk, and it's like I can't believe you do this. It's like that's the advantage of a mic arm. Of like all of the like the reverb from the desk is like mostly cancelled out, Until but then you, get you just from you replace it with the accidental just punching the mic every now and then. It's like it's worse when I'm like now I'm streaming. And it's like oh, well, I usually stream and have a couple of beers or something. And lift up the beer. <laughs> what am I doing? Um, so I'm just being nice and topical this week and talking about a character that's about to be popping up in people's feeds. Okay, so what comes out soon? I know we have the Daredevil show coming out soon, so is it about Daredevil? Uh, it's not about Daredevil, but it is, like, I guess, Daredevil adjacent, because we are talking about Maya Lopez from Earth 616, is who Echo? is the character Echo. Ah, nice. So that's the, the character who was in the Hawkeye show. Yes. And was like the single best part of the Hawkeye show, except for Vincent D'Onofrio in four minutes. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I, I enjoy that show for many different reasons. Obviously, the dog. The pizza do- dog, do- dog is of great. course. Um, also, I just love both, like, um, trying to remember the actresses' names now, but, like, I love new Hawkeye and new Black Widow. Yes, I'm, like I'm not Florence the biggest Pugh fan of Jeremy and... Renner. Like, fuck Jeremy Renner and fuck his app. I mean, like, that's the thing. I'm not necessarily a fan of Jeremy Renner, but I still liked his Hawkeye. He's fine Hawkeye, but like, mm-hmm. I think the problem with a lot of those um, uh, Marvel TV shows is I've never had any incentive to watch them again because they do the same thing that every Marvel movie does. Of It has to link up to the next thing. Mm-hmm. So as a result, why would I care? And I just checked it. It's, it's yeah. Hayley Steinfeld is Kate Bishop That's... and Florence Pugh. I, I, I remembered Florence Pugh, and I should have remembered Hayley Steinfeld, but they were both, like, I think the bright spots of that show, as well as um, the actress who played Echo. Not to mention all Tony Dalton, just Tony Dalton in it up. That's, I really didn't like that performance until I went and did a rewatch of Hawkeye. and in like kind of knowing that he is meant to actually just be a jolly, goofy guy. Yeah, you think... It, you it think sells Tony the Dalton, performance way more. Because Tony Dalton looks so evil, and he was in that at the same time he was in Better Call well, Saul. I'm just finishing... Evil. I'm just finishing up, like, season six of Better Call Saul. Like, yeah, I'm on, like, so one of the last few episodes. And he, he sells the evil so well that I was like, oh, this guy's really fucking good, but, like... In Hawkeye, he's only really good in retrospect because you realise that he is 
actually just a goofy, silly guy. Yeah, he's not putting it on the same way that uh, Lalo does in um, Better Call Saul. Because mm-hmm. those two shows aired at the same time. I was like, <laughs> because obviously he's the same actor. I know he's yeah. a, Tony Dalton's a fantastic actor. Like, I love him in Better Call Saul, where he just he sleeps for exactly 59 minutes. <laughs> it's like, that's a psychopath. Yeah. But yes, I um I did, you know, really enjoy that performance again on like a second watch, but the first yes. time I was like, Oh well, like clearly this dude's meant to have a turn at some point and like And it just never th- comes. And it never comes. But yeah, it's like I feel like they did him dirty a little bit because it looks like such a bad performance of clearly a character that's meant to have a turn, but they were clearly mm. trying to like mess with your expectations a little bit. Also, as well, just well, I absolutely lost my shit when Vincent D'Onofrio turned up when it smashed cuts and he's wearing a white suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because obviously he played the Kingpin really well in the Daredevil show, and he they had like elements of the Kingpin from the comics of like obviously Vincent D'Onofrio's like large frame. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how big Vincent D'Onofrio is in real life, but he has great presence as an actor. That's as a result, is, you I... can sell him as larger than life because obviously he's the biggest actor on screen, not necessarily physically, but just in your mind of like, well, this is Vincent fucking D'Onofrio. Yeah, it it doesn't, like, it's one of those things, I don't think he's necessarily huge in real life, but it doesn't come across on What's screen, like, at yeah. all, because, yeah, you feel like he is three times bigger than every other character in the in the scene, just in terms of, like, as you say, like, that presence that he's got and the way they shoot it. Yeah, but then in the Hawkeye show, they've made him so fucking wide. And I've seen, like, the only thing I've seen of the Echo TV show is, like, just a picture of Vincent D'Onofrio from behind. <laughs> and he's so... He looks like Kingpin from the Into the Spider-Verse. I was going to say, they didn't quite Into the Spider-Verse it where he's just this <laughs> absolute whole king man. Also, I've checked Vincent D'Onofrio is six foot four. So, so he like, is actually, he's actually he's, genuinely he's very tall. Big. For an, let's just compare it to Charlie Cox. The Charlie like, Cox height. But that's the thing. He's a big dude, but he's not Kingpin big. No one's Kingpin big. But uh, they Charlie sell Cox. him as Kingpin big. Yeah, like Kingpin is like seven feet tall and at least mm-hmm. nine feet wide in the comics. <laughs> yeah. I also liked his take on the voice as well of that like Vincent D'Onofrio thing of like almost whispering in everything he says, which yeah. I think there's an interview with him when he talks about it of like, well, a lot of like performances of Kingpin in animation and stuff have spoken like very very loud, almost like theatre-esque. Mm-hmm. Because, well, that's not power. Real power is making people lean in. And the Kingpin would speak to him if you have to lean in to listen to him. That's what power is. The way I see it is it's like a personification of the quiet before the storm. Yes, and that's the thing. And it, that that when, he, when he has those explosive bursts, I'm going, Vanessa! Mm-hmm. And smashing that guy's head in the car door. <laughs> or that is still... Like, one of the most visceral things I've ever fucking seen. Yeah, but then when he just turned up and just... He actually, he's wearing the white suit, he's got the pimp cane, and she shoots with an arrow and he just goes, <laughs> What are you doing? And the kingpin, I, and he just body checks her. I think that's what the the niceness is of, like, those Netflix shows were very, very grounded, whereas I think this is, like, here's that character, but set in a slightly more comic book verse where, like, you've got the giant arrows and stuff like that, and... Yeah, it's like he can just take an arrow like it's fucking nothing because he's, he's the, the kingpin. kingpin. Because he's the kingpin, yeah. It's like the same actor playing the same character but not necessarily in the same universe because that kingpin, as scary as he was in the Daredevil show, it's like, what the fuck is he going to do? 
Yeah, exactly. Like, he got beaten down by just Charlie Cox. Yeah. Like, pretty convincingly as well. It wasn't much of a fight. Yeah. Not, which when, is... not when Daredevil's, like, in, you know, I need to win because I'm the protagonist mode anyway. Oh, like, it's just... Yeah, but I'm, I am looking forward to seeing more Vincent D'Afrio because I love as well that he, he loves being the kingpin. Yeah, so like he's yeah. a really serious big name actor, mm-hmm. and like, you think people would be like embarrassed of being. He's like, no, I love being the kingpin. I love it. I love wearing that stupid white suit and swanning around like a dickhead. And obviously, we've we've taught spoilers on Hawkeye, but I guess like spoiling the end for Echo's character um, within the Hawkeye show, like mm-hmm. the way w- that we leave it, I believe, is you know ripped straight from the comics of Maya. Um, she just yes shoots like kingpin in the face and i believe in the comics like he comes back with an eye patch or something but oh it's like, so badass it's presumed that he's dead in the show and then like the trailer for echo smash cuts to kingpin second one and it's like well when? well i believe that if you shot kingpin in the head it wouldn't work <laughs> But I, it's like how Brandon Roof Superman returns. The bullet just crunches in his eye. Like, no, not no, today. I think just if it hit the kingpin, I think he'd just tell it not to hit him. Because he's the kingpin. <laughs> he'd just bribe it. He's like, he's like, does this gun live in New York? Yes, I run New York. The gun won't work. <laughs> um, but anyway, the introduction, uh, the introductory quote, sorry, for mm-hmm. Maya is, she can't my speak, name right? is, sorry? She can't speak, can she? She's deaf. She speaks with sign language. Uh, there's a quote from Echo here. I just think so, that was the interesting thing about the character of her, like, speaking with the sign language. It made it sort of um, interesting. I mean, obviously, it doesn't necessarily mean she can't speak. It might just of be course, that she yes. chooses not to speak. Um, But yes, there is a quote here from Maya. Uh, my name is Maya Lopez. I'm not sure if I'm still that person. The newspapers called me Echo. That's what I feel like, an Echo. This is my story. Am I right in thinking um, as well, in the TV show, she has, like, a prosthetic limb? Am I yes. remembering this correctly? When she's, mm-hmm. like, if she does not attach some, like, cool gadget shit to that prosthetic limb, what are you doing? If she's not hooked up with Hawkeye and been like, wait, can I get a pim leg? Yeah. <laughs> Just like, what the? Do you know the bit in Kingsman where it was that, like, ballerina with the knife legs? Uh, no, I only watched, like, number one. Well, that's what she's in the first one. Really? Yeah, the ballerina with the... the Knife legs. Clearly, I don't remember it enough. The church scene is the only thing I remember. It's the only thing anyone remembers. Or her, or, um, uh, oh, is it Grindhouse? And there's a lady who has the prosthetic leg that's just a gun. Oh my god. <laughs> like, she doesn't walk in like a Barrett minigun leg. What are we doing? Oh, yes, of course, yeah. Got Both got Final Fantasy on the mind. Just Barrett coming in with his machine gun arm. No, it's so like, give one to Echo. I still love, like, if you equip, like, the melee version of that, he still threatens people with it in cutscenes. It looks so much more scary because he's just him threatening it with a giant, giant pincer. Axe, like. Just giant pincer arms. It's like, no, Barrett, stop it. Um, so we have some, you know, just biographical information on the character here. Let me know more uh, about Echo. So Echo Ormaya is female, 5'9", 125 pounds, uh, got brown eyes, black hair, and unusual mm-hmm. features, a white handprint on her face, which no, doesn't no, appear in a, yet in the TV show. Because she's an Urukai, of course, yes. <laughs> yeah, like, it does kind of look like the Urukai, actually. Um, origin, human ward of the kingpin with a talent for mimicking actions. Because that's so, the thing, isn't it? Yeah, so she's called Echo, because my basic understanding is, so only have a brief 
Because I remember when the show came out, I looked her up to see, like, oh, what's this character? What's her deal? Mm-hmm. She's, like, basically, like, mini Taskmaster, right? right. She can, she can okay. copy other people's movements, uh, like, exceptionally well. This is the first I'm looking up, Echo. Oh, okay. So I was wanting to do this before the show comes out, because... I don't have much of an understanding of Echo the character in the comics. And that's the thing, so she's not, like, cool. there's not much of that in the show itself. Like, she's exceptionally mm-hmm. good at fighting, and they say she's a very quick learner, but that's not superhumanly quick. No, it's not. Um, there's nothing really super about her yet in the TV show, but hopefully that comes in her own TV show. Oh, hopefully she does, like, can we please get Taskmaster done right? Oh, God, like... The thing is, the thing that pissed me off most about that Taskmaster is that they were silent. Yeah, when Taskmaster talks so much. And the thing is, though, we got to get a, we definitely get a silent version of Taskmaster now with a character who doesn't speak. God, yeah, and it, it's one of those of, like, yeah, you can make Taskmaster a, a woman or a man. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Tony I Masters. I don't care at all. Like, it, you know, it can be anybody underneath that outfit, but the fact that they had no personality is what bothered me about that yeah. iteration. Because people don't know. We've discussed it before. The idea of Taskmaster in the comics, the why Taskmaster rocks around wearing like a bright orange cape and a skull mask is because it's marketing. Because he's mm-hmm. like the world's greatest mercenary. And the reason he dresses like such a dickhead is it's just a sign of confidence. And he would hand out business cards saying, I'm Taskmaster, <laughs> when he goes and kicks people's ass. And just, you know, anyone who's played Ultimate Marvel, Com- Mar- just- Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3 knows like, how much he just shouts every single move he's going to do before he's, he does it. He's basically an anime character, yeah. He loves bragging about the moves that he has, because like, there's nothing more demoralizing in the Marvel Universe of, like, I fight like Captain America Black Panther, and like, oh, God, no! <laughs> just when he's like, um, fucking Spidey swing, and he's like, Spidey's like, wait, what? No, no, you just can't me. do that. Just like, aim of Hawkeye, aim of Hawkeye, oh. sort of Black Knight. <laughs> um... And I like this. It's like, living status, alive, formerly deceased. Falls his death. <laughs> That's everyone in Marvel, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. I guess it's te- like... technically with the snap happening in Marvel, almost literally half the universe, half the universe. is technically deceased. Um, yeah, number one, killed by Electra and Atios and resurrected by the hand. Number two, killed by the progenitor, revived by the progenitor. It's is like, that why right, she has okay. the handprint on her face? She was revived by the hand. Is that a thing the hand does? I don't know. I've never, because I know like the hand fights Daredevil a lot. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anyone with, like hands on their face, and I also love as well that. Um, <laughs> do the reason why Ninja Turtles they fight the Foot Clan because it's the inverse of the hand from Daredevil. Oh, yeah, it's great. There's a few little references like that of them just being like a massive Daredevil mock-up. Yeah, um, but yes. So I, um, I also have her thing up on me here, and please mention just the third paragraph of her intro on the wiki because i just read one line i went no okay i haven't got that far yet but we'll we'll start at the top okay uh maya lopez better known as echo embodies a life defined by tragedy transformation and unparalleled resistance mm-hmm. born deaf her remarkable lip breathing ability delayed her diagnosis for a significant period which it, that's impressive for a baby <laughs> a baby can like, read lips <laughs> baby can which read is lips marvel who cares yeah uh, her father, William Lincoln, a member of the Cheyenne Nation and secretly employed as a mob enforcer by the notorious Kingpin, met a tragic end at the hands of his employer. In his dying moments, Lincoln implored Kingpin to care for Maya, leaving a haunting handprint on her face. Right. Okay, so that's from her dad. father being, Remember me! I'll never let you forget! 
It's like, remember the life I led beating up people for a living. <laughs> remember me as I was, an asshole who was like an absolute menace to society. <laughs> Don't worry, you're under the kingpin's care now. It's going to be fine. Um, Maya was initially placed in a special needs school before her ex- exceptional talents prompted her enrollment in a school for the gifted. Uh, Xavier passionate- school. No, no, oh! not mutant school. Not mutant, not mutant school. school. So she's not a mutant then, okay. As far as I can tell. Um, so she's passionate about art and dance. She thrived in these disciplines. However, Kingpin, of course, manipulated her for his own vendetta, That's convinced right. her that Daredevil was responsible for her father's de- demise. That's such a Kingpin move. I love the Kingpin. <laughs> it really is. It's like, fuck it. I was going to convince you the Daredevil killed your dad so I don't have to do this shit. It's like, I read my father's autopsy reports and it said that he was just like beaten by like giant four foot wide fists. It's like definitely, like, it's definitely no, like no, Daredevil. No. Just tip X that out and say Billy Clubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Says he was thrown out of a like, you know, a hundredth story window of Fist Tower. It's definitely Daredevil. <laughs> it's such a Daredevil move that. Classic. He did that to me last week. The thing is all about Kingpin in all the comics, like, even though he calls himself the Kingpin and everyone knows he's a criminal, whenever he goes to court, he says, but I just sell herbs and spices. <laughs> he's like, got he just, that alibi. Yeah, he just claims that he's a spice merchant. So just had to stop then because my dogs were kicking off at the door going, but yes. This we're excited for Echo. They are. We've got our little, just the little Datsy Echo. Of just That's the one. The double bar. But yes, uh, driven by a thirst for revenge, Maya engaged in a fierce battle with Daredevil, demonstrating her unparalleled combat skills. It's like there are many people in the Marvel Universe who want to uh, maybe challenge that. Also, but, as well, I love the idea that this is essentially just a deaf person fighting a blind person, and their superpowers <laughs> are respectively. The blind person has the ability to see, and the deaf person doesn't need to hear. <laughs> oh dear. Is, is, no, you know. It's the best. Captain America's description of Daredevil. He's a blind man whose superpower has been able to see. <laughs> uh, misguided in her pursuit, she eventually learned the truth, shifting her focus to confront Kingpin, blinding him in a consequential altercation. Oh, man. Is that and what's going to happen? He's gonna, like, Kingpin's going to have sunglasses on. I just want Kingpin with a pirate patch. Imagine Kingpin with Daredevil's powers. <laughs> oh, my God, no. Like, I want to see, you know, like in um, She-Hulk when they gave him like the actual Daredevil acrobatics with CGI and just made him like oh, you can jump like thirty feet a million now, times. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I want to see just Kingpin CGI to do like thirty backflips off all the parking lot. <laughs> the thing that I love about the Kingpin though is that he does sumo wrestling. Cause he's a huge weeb and he's really good at it. Mm-hmm. He's like a well, world class sumo wrestler. Have you seen the size of him, Carl? Yeah. He's a world class sumo wrestler. There's like one comic where like it's um, Red Skull, which trying to muscle in and sell like a variation of like the Red Skull formula as a drug on the streets of New York. And the kingpin's like there can be only one kingpin of New York. And like Red Skull's like, okay, so how do you want to settle this? He goes fist fight. And don't and- they? put themselves in, like, a giant dome where, yes. like, powers don't exist and no one can uh, interfere. So Kingpin has, like, a special dome to depower superheroes in case Spider-Man tries to attack him. And he puts himself <laughs> into the dome with, like, Red Skull. And Red Skull's like, you fool. And he's like, why would you do this to me? And Kingpin's like, I don't have superpowers. You do. And then he strips <laughs> off down to his underwear and says, also, I hate Nazis, and just power drives just the, <laughs> the Red Skull through, the, like, the floor. 
Because that's the thing, he's like, he's got the strength equivalent or higher than a super soldier does, but he's just a dude. Yeah, he's just a guy. He's just a really, really big guy. Mm-hmm. He also has like, a laser in his cane, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to have some weapon in like your cane or your umbrella or something. It's just villain 101. Well, his real weapon is that he's just got a shit ton of lawyers. Yeah. I'm surprised it's not a katana in his game, let's be honest. Oh, I'd be so weebish. Yeah. The thing is, though, Kingpin would never disrespect a katana like that. Maybe, yeah, true. And this is the, the paragraph that you wanted us to get to, Carl. So, <laughs> yes. Um, embracing a journey of self-discovery, Maya embarked on a global quest, seeking solace in art museums and undertaking a vision quest per the advice of an elder from her father's reservation. Adopting the mantle of Ronin. Maya <laughs> Who hasn't been Ronin? Everyone's Ronin. Why is everybody Ronin? I guess because all you need to do to be Ronin is just like... Put a hood on and stab people. Be a people. badass with a hood and, and kill people. people. Yeah. I also like absolutely... Like, it's funny in that way of like... It just keeps happening. Of I was a villain... I was like actively participating in like so many crimes, but then I realized that's bad, and now no one ever calls me on it. Yeah, yeah. Black Widow told me to stop murdering everyone I come across, so now I'm a good guy again. Yeah. I'm Hawkeye now. Remember, like in the Black Widow movie where it's revealed she put a hand grenade in a child's backpack, and that's supposed to make you like her as a character? Well, it's supposed to make you feel like, yeah, empathetic towards her, and it's like, no, you just murdered a child. Yeah, where she says, like, he was in, like, a bulletproof building and no one could get in. It's like, but It you're was the, the black... only way I could ever get to him. It's like, but you're literally called the Black Widow and you were trained to infiltrate anywhere and you've got a guy who, in the Avengers movie, shoots an arrow from, like, a plane <laughs> going a thousand miles an hour onto a giant jet into a USB. No, no, right into a headwind. Into a to headwind. To twist it around... And fire perfectly through a window into to a then U- hit a USB slot or, and it's you like, know, Avengers USB system, whatever yeah. that is. And they say, there's no way we could have got this guy. We had to put a hand grenade in his child's backpack. And it's like, really? <laughs> he doesn't have a single open window? Not one? He hadn't learned that trick he's, yet, Carl. He's not got the air only conditioning. Option. He's not got a guard who'd maybe perhaps want to date Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Oh dear! So, um, I had, Lucas, she had to. She had to put a grenade in that child backpack. She had to. She had to do it, and then that child became Taskmaster, but not actual Taskmaster. No, just like one without the mouth. It's just great. Like when they go to all that effort of like we were the best trained people in the world, and they put a hand grenade in a child's backpack. It's like I could have done that. <laughs> why did? Why did they pay like a million? The thing is, though, you wouldn't have done that, and no. it makes sense when it's like. Oh well, I'm Black Widow, and I like wanted to complete the mission, and I, you know, spent all my life not giving a shit about people. But the whole and then it's like, the Black but she got a... Hawkeye involved, and Hawkeye's like, you know, the family man who's lovable with kids and all this. And like... but the whole point as well is the Black Widows will only kill the person you tell them to. Mm-hmm. That's why you hire them because they do it with no collateral damage and like complete deniability. They just put a hand grenade in a child's face. It's like that's. I could have I could have shot a rocket launcher at his office building in that case. Um, anyway, so just... We'll catch him back up. Uh, where was I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, actually meant aided... as, I actually meant like as well that he was the next paragraph I, I miscounted. Sorry. Oh, Cal. Okay, we'll keep going for a bit, but yeah. Uh, Maya aided the new Avengers in infiltrating and confronting the Hand and their collaborations with Hydra. 
however, her That's life a took a tragic mix. turn. Yeah. The hand and I mean, Hydra. the hand and Hydra. Oh my god, like, if you cut off the hand, they grow another. Yeah, it's like 40 hands, and the end of each finger is a Hydra. <laughs> um, however, her life took a tragic turn as she felt a... Uh, however, her life took a tragic turn as she fell victim to Electra's schemes... Seemingly perishing after being manipulated and subsequently revived by the hands of dark magic. Who falls for anything Electra fucking says? I mean, Daredevil a lot of the time. I can't like that show is so bad when she turns up because she's the worst actress in the entire thing. <laughs> she says, "Matthew," it's like, "Why would you listen to anything?" All she does is stab people, and then like Daredevil keeps falling for it. It's like she's she's hot, but she's not that hot. It's like Stop she only it. betrayed me three times. The fourth time, it'll be different. It's like this is a toxic relationship, man. Get out. Get out. There are red Stick, flags everywhere. Is that, is that when Stick turns up and immediately starts giving him shit of like, "Tell you got some silk sheets." He's like, "My senses are so um, sensitive that cotton feels like sandpaper." <laughs> the fuck do you want me to do? Do you not want me to be comfortable? No, you must suffer at all times like Stick does. Yeah, it's like, yeah, clearly he's living his he's living his best life. So like, I trained you to stop the hand. It's like, can Tony Stark not take this one? <laughs> and then, um, yeah, this one. is where we wanted to get to. Uh, resurrected, Maya continued her heroic endeavors alongside the New Avengers, prov- proving her mettle during World War Hulk and secret invasion. <laughs> Lucas. Where her combat prowess and bravery were instrumental in thwarting the threat Lucas. of World War Hulk. Lucas, the fuck is Echo gonna do against the Hulk? World War Hulk? World Destroyer Hulk? So the thing is, people don't know, World War Hulk is essentially like the Illuminati are like, you know the Hulk? It's like, yeah, that guy who's always on our side and like, you know, has saved the world countless times, he might go bad. It's like, well, One not. day he might not be on our side, One day so might... let's just eject him into space. So what should we do? Yeah, they eject him into space, he lands on Sakaar, and that's like partially what like Thor Ragnarok's based on. He like mm-hmm. thought like Hulk stays the Hulk for so long so the planet's so dangerous, takes over that planet, and then comes back to Earth and basically says, like, you know what? Fuck the Illuminati. And every mm-hmm. hero on Earth tries to fight the Hulk at once, and he wins. <laughs> he has some people from Sakaar come and help him, but mm-hmm. you have some like, amazing moments in that, like where it's like um, Darwin, the Marvel hero, whose thing is he adapts to any and all changes instantaneously. And when he's fighting the Hulk in World War Hulk, he his mutation changes and makes him teleport away. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, you know, he's the same guy. Like you can, they say, oh, I can evolve to survive anything. It makes no, him no, te- the one that dies in one attack yes. in a movie. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. But like, he. Um. he when he's fighting the Hulk in World War Hulk, he just teleports away. And he reasons that. decides there is no way to survive other than just get the fuck out. Yeah, but I just love the idea. They send the Hulk to space, and then he comes back, and then they blame it on the Hulk. Yeah. Like, they blame the Hulk for being pissed. It's like, well, he was fine, so you sent him into space. Like, but he could have killed everyone. It's like, you were all meant to be my teammates and my best friends, and you all just fucked me off into space. It's, the, it's more the fact they don't even try and talk to him. They no. just send him off in a space. It's like, look, we've decided that you were too much of a potential threat. It's like, but did you ask me if I'm a threat? Well, no, we couldn't risk that option. Did you actually try talking to the Hulk? After? And that's the thing. What was Echo going to do? I guess you must have fought some <laughs> of the Sakarian soldiers and stuff. Under Maybe, his command. yeah. But just in my head, she fights the Hulk and the Hulk's like, the fuck are you going to do? 
And um, I guess just to, to finish off to find out what she could do, yeah. we'll just check like her powers and abilities. Let's find out, yes. That's always um, the fun part. Uh, uh, I did check the A-listers. It's just Echo. There's no band names in there. Oh, that's a shame. Um, like, Echo's a good one. I like Echo's like, an A. It's a very basic. That's the thing. Echo's just a very strong name. It is. Um, so the powers here... Um, just photographic reflexes are the only listed powers that aren't former powers. So that's the exact same thing that Taskmaster has then. Uh, yeah, so Echo possesses photographic reflexes, an ability also possessed by the mercenary known as Taskmaster. Um, so as we're result, redoing Taskmaster then? Yeah. We're going to uh, do Taskmaster better because she's a mercenary. Oh, she's like, you know, a criminal for hire. Yeah. So, yeah, it's literally just the same. Um, just perfectly duplicate any physical action or movement she sees with perfection after watching it only once. Um, which That's cool. Gonna, that better That's a great some, power, yeah. but like, it's just like, oh, it's just Taskmaster's power. Okay. Also as well, that better make some fucking sick fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Is that like, those Taskmaster fight scenes are so disappointing. Yeah, and to be fair, like, that does kind of question, uh, that does answer my question of like, the whole unparalleled fighting skills and my... To be fair, that's kind of Taskmaster's one thing, yeah. Yeah, but it's like that ta- that bit in like the Black Widow movie where Task and all it is is it's just it's member berries of like you point. <gasps> I remember where Steve Rogers did that in that one film. I remember where like Black Panther mm-hmm. did that, and it's like. But the whole point of Taskmaster is that they combine the abilities seamlessly to make their fighting style almost unbeatable. But in the movie, just like Taskmaster pulls out a shield and only fights like Captain America. No, you should fight like Black Panther with Captain America's shield. That's why Taskmaster's dangerous. It com- yeah, they combine all of these abilities together. That's the thing that the movie did. Here's the bit where they fight as Captain America. Here's the bit where they fight like Black Panther. Here's the bit where they fight like other people. Like, it's like, no, it's meant to be all in one. If That's I remember correctly, so, yeah. Doesn't Taskmaster do Black Widow's like leg lock thing on Black Widow? I think so. Because I've only watched that movie once. I think most people only watch that movie once. I think most people barely watch that movie once, if at all. Like, it's such a fucking absolute insult to both, like, the character Black Widow and just all women in Marvel of, like, the first female-led Black Wi- uh, movie that we got was it's Black Widow, which was just forgettable. A character that's already dead in the timeline, so a no one gives that's a fuck. Already dead, so it was a prequel that doesn't fucking matter. And then also, it's just like, like, why did you have to wait until all this time to give Black Widow her own movie? And the answer is because they didn't think a female-led movie would sell. Yeah, and then they released it during COVID, and it made no money. And they looked at they literally they looked at Wonder Woman and went that made money. It's so sad, but anyway, yes. um, the power grid for uh, Echo over here. So you know, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, the power grid for Echo just it's a scale of one to seven, one being like a human and seven being near godlike. Yep. And the intelligence is a four. The strength, speed, and durability a two. So energy projection. So one yeah. would be like less would be like Aunt May. Two would be like you know an average human who exercises quite a bit. Probably above average. Yeah. yeah. Around it's like most human characters are a two or a three. Yeah, and then energy projection a one just presumably because she doesn't have that ability at all. And then fighting skills are a six or a seven. Um, a seven is heightened fighting skills represents the potential abilities yeah, of like, like what she could learn. 
like one-on-one -on -one combat with a human or like even a superhuman opponent who can't like you know move at superhuman speeds echo's probably mm -hmm. gonna win same as like daredevil with his like ability to just sense all danger yeah and um carl just one like former power what, what did she have the thing is like what okay i, 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 I will guess. say can i guess because there's, there's there's three things in Marvel that people <laughs> always get. Everyone's had. It's so either, which one of us is? It's either she had a symbiote, right? Did she have a symbiote? No. Um. What, what's the other? It's a symbiote. It's she turned into like um uh, like a robot suit or something. She had an Iron Man suit. Nope. Or the Phoenix Force. Phoenix Force. Yeah. Why does everyone <laughs> get the Phoenix Force? <laughs> it's one of those three things. Either you get a symbiote. You become, you get an Iron Man suit off Iron Man, mm -hmm. or you get the Phoenix Force for a little bit. Why does everyone get the Phoenix Force? <laughs> it's so stupid. It makes it so much less special. It makes it way less special when you're like Dark Phoenix and Phoenix, like some of these like unparalleled kind of entities in Marvel Comics almost. And then, like, obviously, there are greater powers, but you know, one of the greatest powers and one of the greatest um, comic book characters. And then. Just it's like it's such a letdown when you find out that eighty different people have had the Phoenix Force. It's like, all right then, it's, it's like, like the they don't become the Phoenix, but, still but it's still just oh, it's it's like I said, a symbiote. It makes the symbiote so much less cool because they keep mm -hmm. making it jump into everybody else. Mm -hmm. And like at least with the symbiote though, when it jumps into other people, it can like take on the attributes of others. Yeah, it might, you know, at least you get an interesting visual design out of it. The Phoenix Force is normally just them floating like this with fire coming out of them. It's like we've seen that a hundred times. Well, I just meant as like as well as that that the symbiote like literally keeps some of Spider-Man's abilities and so on. Yes, and it it takes on like forms of its host and like the things that it doesn't like. It basically becomes like Taskmaster. It combines all of like the best aspects of the previous host into one. Exactly. Um, yeah. It has some level of like memory from superhero to superhero, which at least like means it evolves over time. Whereas Phoenix Force is just yeah, they all get the same powers and glow a lot. And it's like, at some point that just stops being cool when you it's, give it to everybody. It's also as well. Why the fuck does the Phoenix Force care about Echo? I don't it's know. Like, it's like just like World War Hulk. It's like what was she? Do? She was probably directing traffic. <laughs> It's like, do you know that in like World War Hulk, they send like the Juggernaut in and the Hulk throws the Juggernaut into space? Because <laughs> like the Juggernaut's like, nothing can stop me. So the Hulk's like, okay, and throws him into space. And just keeps him going. Like, like, what do you do? Like, imagine like the Illuminati sat there and they're looking at on their, like, Professor X's little bubble car. He's with Doctor Strange. He's with Reed Richards <laughs> and Iron Man. And it's like, okay, we're sending the Juggernaut in. And it's like, okay, so he's moving pretty quickly. And it's like, hang on, what's going on here? Okay, the Juggernaut's in space. <laughs> so he's he's like, accelerating. He's like, accelerating. What's going on? He's like, who should we send in? Well, let's try Echo. Let's see what chance she's got. Like, literally, Juggernaut, the unstoppable force. It's like, yeah, of course, Hulk's just going to like keep him moving, just yeah. throw him in space. But like, let's send Echo in. Let's see what she's got. Can she then just like copy the ability of Hulk to throw them in space? It's like, no, she can copy the movements, she's... but she lacks the super. If she's the same as Taskmaster, Taskmaster can copy anything he sees, yeah, but he can't copy with anything that requires superhuman strength, right? Um, yeah, it's the the not the one weakness that um, Echo has listed here is like Echo still has all the natural limitations and vulnerabilities of an ordinary human, 
While she can perform great physical and intellectual feats, she is incapable of duplicating an ability or a skill that requires superhuman effort or capacity. So, for example, she could see the Hulk like, throw the Juggernaut into orbit. But she would copy that movement exactly, but she lacks the superhuman strength to do so herself. Yeah, she'd just get flattened by the Juggernaut while attempting to do it. It's like, what, what is she going to do? Like, the Hulk was once so angry. They said that him taking one step threatened the Eastern Seaboard. <laughs> Yeah, but she can try and copy that step. <laughs> it's like the Hulk once lifted up a 150 billion ton mountain oh with no leverage. He saved the... Ins- and that's the thing as well, that happened before World War Hulk. Do you have that really iconic image of like the Hulk holding up like a mountain? Mm-hmm. And it says like there's a 150 billion ton mountain that threatens like, you know, our greatest heroes. And beneath it all is one very angry man. <laughs> and it's the Hulk holding up the entire mountain to save like all of the X-Men and all of like um, the Avengers. And then oh after God. that, they said, like, he's too much of a threat. We've, yeah. got to, we've got to send him into space. Like, don't worry, we've got Echo. Like, don't trust this man. <laughs> yeah, if he comes back, don't worry, Echo's got this. <laughs> we have just... our contingency plan. <laughs> yeah. Just break it, break glass in terms of emergency. It's like, and they're like, why is she not arriving? Oh, yeah, she can't hear it. <laughs> no. Is that not listed as a weakness then? Her deafness? Uh, so, deafness is under additional attributes. Ah, okay. So I'm guessing um, because she's got this ability, it's like one of those, same as like Daredevil. Like him being blind should be a weakness, but his powers basically negate any weakness that would be caused by being unable to see. Not necessarily. Um, it does say her inability to hear leaves her susceptible to attacks on movement that rely on sound cues. Sneak attacks, distraction through noise, or strategies depending on auditory signals can catch her off guard, giving her opponents an advantage. But, so I um, guess it is still a weakness, but they don't want to be like, you know, they don't want to necessarily say that deafness as a whole is a weakness. It's like, it does pose challenges for her, but she also is able to like, do other things in able to just, you know, kind of negate that effect yeah. most of the time. But there are times where at least it's susceptible. And presumably as well, it can also be used to her advantage because then she can play like very loud noises that would be distracting for someone else. Well, yeah, exactly. It's not always a weakness because you could just like blare fucking uh, any noise Metallica. you want at the Hulk. You could do those like sound waves to attack the Hulk and she's just like, what? Yeah. Whatever, I'm deaf. Well, it's like that one great Daredevil comic where he's going home and he like, he listens to his like wind, uh, his wall. He's like, oh no. There's a bunch of guys hiding in the dark in my apartment all wearing night vision goggles. What am I going to do? And he turns the lights on. It's <laughs> <laughs> just... Yeah, he can't see, it doesn't matter if the lights are yeah. on. And all like the guys with night vision are like, ah, oh, I can't see. Yeah, that's the thing is like, just because she can't hear also means that she's not susceptible to any auditor attack as well. So. Not to mention she's in the Marvel Universe, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. There's no such uh, thing as disabilities when you're a hero in Marvel. It's just like... Iron Man You're will just build a you a suit. different type of person. There's no yeah. disability. Iron Man will build you a suit. It's like, as you said earlier, it's like Daredevil's a blind man with the power to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then just, you know, lastly, is a, a, a lot of it, it's just kind of like, okay, cool. She's a, you know, very good at everything because she's like dancer, pianist, martial artist. But like, of course, because you can just replicate anything. Um, And then weapons. She has billy clubs similar to those that the Daredevil carries. Uh, and then handguns, poison darts, and shuriken, and then like obviously as Ronin, she just goes to Nunchaku and Katana. Of course, the thing I love about Daredevil though is like his Billy Club always makes sense because he can hide it very easily by making it like his white cane. Mm-hmm. Like Whereas, that's one of those genius bits of thick like um, uh, character design of like 
his primary weapon is also the thing that is also the thing that sells his disguise, like his, his blind man's cane. But like <laughs> Echo's walking around, yeah, I, I I need this. It's like, well, I mean, like you can get um, other impermanent canes, I guess. But like, I, I, they've never portrayed Echo as walking around with a cane, as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. She um, should hide it in like a prosthetic leg. I mean, that's true. Is that what's going to happen? Is like she's got the prosthetic leg that just fires out a Billy Club or some oh, poison so darts. Good. No, she just hide dead with Billy Club in there. Just hide Daredevil in there. Now, if we're going to get a moment as well in that series where like Kingpin's going to beat her with her own prosthetic leg. I mean, the thing is, though, I say that as a joke of, like, get Daredevil in there. Pimtech exists. Yeah. You could actually hide Daredevil in, in the leg. Just you, could like... Hide like a, you could hide, like, a mansion in there and throw a mansion at the Kingpin. <laughs> like, I could... just love the idea, though. Just suck a punch in by throwing a tiny daredevil at him. He's like, "What the fuck do I do now?" No, what you do is you sh- use like that pim tech. Do you know, like when like Hank Pim shrinks down like the beach house? Mm-hmm. Do that with Fisk Tower and throw Fisk Tower at him. <laughs> <laughs> throw his own tower at him. Oh, but yeah, that's just a, a brief overview of Echo the character, and you know, it's one of those of. I guess right now I'm not excited for the TV show because Disney and Marvel seem to just be like throwing it under a bus and just being like, you don't need to care about this one. Yeah, all 10 episodes are coming out at the same time, even though it's based... Like, do you think part of it is because they don't like how successful and well-regarded those um, Netflix ones were? Maybe, yeah. Uh, because is this the Echo TV show, not the Born Again one? Presumably yeah, this is not lead Daredevil into, Born Again, yeah. But presumably it's going to lead into that, because it's a Marvel show, and it can't have any stakes that only exist within that. Fra- it's got I mean, to lead on to the next thing. Presumably, yes, because this probably got finished up a while ago, but, like, the Daredevil Born Again is apparently getting, like, completely reworked and retooled, because they've only just decided now that having showrunners was a good idea. Oh, please just make it a crime procedural where it's Daredevil. Like, make it into a Phoenix Wright TV show. If we don't get the episode of, like, another um, Jennifer versus Matt in court, I want, if we don't I, get she- She-Hulk versus Daredevil in court, like, round two, i, I, be I want that, that should be the entire show. Mm-hmm. I said that my pitch for a She-Hulk TV show is, like, there should be one or two action scenes, but I, I wanted there to be, like, a moment where he's in court giving the address and that you hear an emergency outside. And, like, she'll just say, excuse me one moment, she should walk out, like as the She-Hulk, you see a big, you hear a big bunch of crashes. You have a bunch of people like just shifting nervously on the spot, and then she walks back in like just going, and then gives the anyway. rest of her address. Yeah, and gives the rest of her address. Like the noise outside just stops. Mm-hmm. You hear a big bunch of crashes, and she walks in. Like you know, address all ripped up, and then continues giving the address to the court. That should have been the intro to the show, and it's like instead, it's just like, oh. yeah, like I'd say, it just. It's one of those of, I really enjoyed her character in Hawkeye. I think she was one of the most memorable parts of that show, but she just, very Disney distinct just look, seemed yeah. to be like, we just need to fart this one out and forget about it. Yeah, because she has such an interesting look, though, doesn't she, to the, the actress who plays her? Not sure mm-hmm. what her name is, but just like she just looks very visually interesting, which is great for a comic book TV show because comic books are visual-based. It's a visual medium. Uh, let's just quickly credit, credit the actress, yeah. of course. Uh, Alakwa Cox from the looks of it um, but yeah she was very good and I'm excited to see more of her echo and I hope hopefully this means we get a more interesting Taskmaster character oh god it's gotta be right it's please, gotta be more interesting please. than the one that was in Black Widow 
And that's the thing, like, the only issue is it's just like they don't talk. I mean, like, we don't know what they're going to do with that TV show because clearly the comic book character talks. Yeah. So we'll oh, see. We'll could find out. We don't know how they talk. That could have been, like, you know, a, a thought bubble. It's a comic book, right? It could have been a thought bubble, could have been written down, could have been sign language. Yeah, I literally think this podcast, even though it's recorded a couple of days early, I think it comes out, like, on the day it's all out. There we go. Perfect. So I guess so, I know what the thumbnail is. Yeah, it'll be whatever you're talking about in a minute after this break. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. So we are back from our break, Carl. Yes. And before we just get into a quick bit of housekeeping, um, I, I'm, I, I am doing my best. I've noticed in a few edits, like, when I get into reading the page a bit more, that I, like, you know, with my lack of experience, seem to, like, stumble over the words sometimes and, like, mumble yes. a little bit and stuff. So, you know, let me know in the comments. Hopefully I'm doing a little bit better today and... Trying to remind myself to speak a bit slower and like read before I talk sometimes. Yes, I've been doing like some work for like top tens and biographies and geographics, and that is a skill that I've already had a lot from Wiki Weekends, which had to develop from like reading a teleprompter. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. a, a really difficult skill to learn is to read without looking like you're reading, which I've slowly been trying to learn of like <laughs> looking past the camera into the teleprompter, but then not having your eyes like go from side to side so you can tell that you're reading. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, it's not a difficult thing to do until you try and do it. It's like one of those things of, well, your job's just looking into a camera and reading a wiki. It's like, it is, but there is a skill to it. It's a skill that virtually anyone can learn, but it's a skill nonetheless. And it's one of those things where the be- the more you do it, the less difficult it looks. It's like mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, like patting your head and rubbing your belly sort of thing. Yeah, sure, yeah. It's one of those of like, it's doing two things simultaneously that both things are simple, but to do them both without looking like it takes effort is quite difficult. You're yeah, doing a good job. I, thank you. It's like, it's one of those things of, at the time, I always think that I'm doing fine and pronunciating and enunciating. Pronunciating. And then I get through some edits and I'm like, I keep just stumbling over words. Like, and Marble I keep math, just, yeah. yeah, and running them into one another and stuff. And I'm like, I'm trying my best. It's, one of those things, of, you know, we, I've only really started having any experience hosting while doing, like, Wiki Weekends since the channel started. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am trying, and I hope that it's appreciated, and I hope people don't get too annoyed by it like I do when I'm editing. But that's probably just that I'm being a harsher critic on myself. Yeah, everyone is their own worst critic until you start uploading things to YouTube. Then there's someone who's way, <laughs> way worse. So I remember that someone told, you know, you're your own worst critic. It's like, have you read YouTube like comments? Are you familiar you with a know, site called Reddit? Did you know that it's definitely Scarlett Johansson? That was a funny one. Like, I remember saw that. It's like, why are you pronouncing Scarlett Johansson's name, Scarlett Johansson, instead of Scarlett Johansson? It's like, because she's Danish? Like, like she's, a, Danish she's American, but a... she's Danish. Like, she's a, a father's Danish. It's a Danish last name. Mm-hmm. And also, that's how she pronounces it. And I'm sure she doesn't correct people when they say Scarlett Johansson. No, because she lives because in America. Because she probably gets it all day, every day. But yeah, the 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 Europeans and the Danish pronounce that Danish word, Johansson. Mm-hmm. And it just, it really got to me of like Americans telling me that not just like, oh, you're pronouncing it differently. Like, you got this so fucking wrong. I'm like, it's, it's European pronunciation. It's oh, like that triggered uh, me a little it's bit. It's like getting corrected on British pronunciations. Mm-hmm. So I recently did a video for biogra- no geographics um, mm-hmm. about Hillsborough, which is oh, right, set. Okay. It, you know, it happened in Sheffield. 
did they say like oh it's like Hillsborough? No, it's one of the things. There's like a lot that. of like British pronunciations. When Berg. I was reading, and the script was written by an American, and I was reading through it, and they were putting some stuff in like quotation marks oh, that no. didn't need to be in quotation marks. It's like, oh yes, there was some football hooligans known as Ferbs, and I'm like, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> uh, but Carl, they were like the uh, concept of like hooliganism, and I'm like, oh, really? Yes. Americans haven't watched Green Street? Probably not. Not seen Elijah Wood. I don't know. I don't know how popular that would be in America, but fair. Um, yeah, as I was going to say, then uh, just have you got anything to plug for us before we move on to your wiki? Uh, just like you know, the usual social media. I've mentioned Biographics, Geographics, and Top Tens, where I'm currently serving as their interim host. So uh, you know, check those out if you want more um, uh, more structured goodness from me. That's me reading from scripts, not necessarily riffing as much as I do here. And like my Twitch stream, I'm taking like. Not a break per se, but I might not be playing like Metal Gear Vengeance for a couple of weeks because I'm partaking in dry January. Oh, okay, yeah. So As you a lot of people make tend those, to do. Like, Friday night, once a week, just have a little bit of like a couple of beers, as you say, with a with your your Metal Gear stream. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I'm going to the gyms on Fridays now instead. I did debate like turning them into fitness streams and like doing like exercise <laughs> instead, but I just could not deal with internet commentators. Um, uh, criticizing or making fun of my form. Mm-hmm. So my form is not great, but it's good enough. And there's certain things that I, I'm sh- I just don't want to be like doing press ups and have someone saying, Well, you're not doing the close arm press ups instead. It's like, No, I've got a fucking bad back. I have to do them. Why? <laughs> I was like, Oh, your arm. I like, Just you don't need it. Yeah. yeah that would be too stressful for there's me. One thing the internet has taught me is it's like there's the number one thing people love tearing down is people trying to better themselves. Because mm-hmm. you'll never encounter. More cri- like more critical people than trying to get in shape and get healthy online. Yeah, it's like when people get like you know videoed at the gym if they're overweight and get fat shamed, and it's like, but I'm here at the gym trying to get better. Do you know what the best it is? I've never had that at the gym. No, but you, I've seen a couple of those what, viral yeah. posts of like, it, oh, it's, this it's, asshole is like fat shaming at the gym. And then kind it's of thing, always yeah. the internet where all like the bullying takes place. I've never mm-hmm. seen it at a gym. No, ever. no, no! Don't get me wrong. Like I've never ever seen either first hand or third hand that actually happened in a gym. I don't want to scare people off. Nope. And I've never had but like I have seen a few viral posts. Like it happens once in a very, very blue moon. But it's always like the internet where all the bullying takes place, and I've never had anyone at the gym like you know make fun of my. I had people walk up and say, "Hey, do you want some help?" Not in an asshole mm-hmm. way. It's like, and I've gone up to people and asked them for help. Like I've seen like the huge buff dude at the gym. Oh, I've yeah. just, one thing I've noticed like when people do an exercise that I'm not familiar with, like I've seen people doing specific stretches and said, Oh, excuse me, like, what's that stretch for? Because that like I've not seen anyone do that. And so oh, yeah, like this like you know, I this is a basic one, but like just know, oh, this is for like stretching out your shoulders and say, Oh, so when would you do that? If you wanna just little things like you ask them, they speak to you about Oh, thank you very much. I'll like, incorporate that into my routine. Generally speaking, most people at the gym and poli- are polite and wholesome and you're all just there and the understanding of like you all feel a little bit probably ashamed, like, unless you're, like, you know, the bodybuilders and all that, maybe. And they're, like, the friendliest people there because they live at the gym. They the live time, for that yeah. stuff. They live to share that knowledge. But online, I just don't want to deal with someone being like, you call that a press-up. And it's like, well, how many fucking have you done today? <laughs> I'm trying. All right? I'm trying. Yeah. And, like, that's the thing. You can find an asshole everywhere, as is life. But generally speaking, like, I don't want to put people off going to the gym for that reason. No. It's not common. Um, what would you like to yeah. plug? 
I would just like to plug my Twitch as I normally do, uh, yes. twitch.tv slash Legend of Canto. And, uh, you know, just say, like, Mass Effect Mondays are happening at the moment. We're playing through Mass Effect 2 on Monday nights. Uh, Tuesday nights are do Tunic Tuesdays for Zelda games. And then uh, I normally do, like, my Thunderbolt Thursdays for Pokemon. And just generally, uh, I, I have been doing, like, an Ozlock run of Pokemon X. But, like, last week I was like, let's just make a Charger Bug team oh, and have really, fun and doing that. that. The fact you beat someone with that team. The fact that I went ranked online and started getting like special Rhyperia sweeps against Landorus and shit. Mate, I made it, I saw that and I was inspired. So I made a little team. And the li- mm. I went into casuals and the literal first team I come against was Urshifu. Landorus, Therian. It's like, you're in casuals! <laughs> this is not casual. Are you coming with six fucking legendaries? And like meta ones as well. Yeah. Not even like it's not Articuno like, like, or something. Yeah, you're not bringing in like a low tier one, but um, yes, I just yeah like to bring a nice, safe, and casual space over on my Twitch where we can all just enjoy generally having fun and being wholesome. But mm-hmm. yeah, Carl, what have you brought for us this week? Well, so you covered a character who, at least in the TV show where most people are familiar with them, doesn't speak. Mm-hmm. I've brought along a character who never shuts the fuck up. <laughs> okay. And specifically, this is multiple characters, and we are on the wiki page for the origin characters from Baldur's Gate 3. Right. So I am really pretty unfamiliar with Baldur's Gate 3 because, like, I, you know, for anyone wondering, like, I want to play the game, I want to play co op with my partner, and, like, we're both, we both got, like, an Xbox and PlayStation. So yes. it's like I'm waiting for cross play to happen. So you can just play on the same... You want to play through the same save file. I just don't want to learn very much about the game other than what I've already heard. Like, obviously, for the sake of the podcast, that's fine. I'm happy to do so. That's why I thought we'll cover the origin characters, because basically all we're going to get is the basic overview of each character you can potentially play as. That sounds fun, yeah. Which is the thing um, you'll get from booting up the game. It's the literal first thing you'll see on boot. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, just for anyone being like, play Baldur's Gate, I will when there's cross-play. Yeah. Leave me to it, okay? And in regards to me, I'm currently on like my seventh, eighth playthrough because this game just keeps getting updated. Because it's I was funny. Like, I'm going to wait until they release a definitive edition with all the extra stuff. And like, oh, we've done a massive update where if you complete the game, we just throw like a ma- you mentioned Mass Effect Mondays, a Mass mm-hmm. Effect three style citadel of just like every character hanging out for one last time to talk to them. And I'm like, oh, I want to go do that. <laughs> it's just I was editing a video the other day where it's like. You were talking about like, oh, well, Lucas keeps watch- making me watch One Piece or wanting me to watch One Piece, yeah. and I keep going and watching bad TV. And then you're like, yeah, I've played like Baldur's Gate entirely through another time. Like, Carl, you could have watched One Piece, man. But the thing is that it's Baldur's Gate, like, it's one of it. It's, it used I, to be I Skyrim. Won't judge. Yeah, Baldur's Gate used to be Skyrim for me. Of like, mm-hmm. just don't, every every couple of months, you just get an itch to play it. Yeah, you I get mean, an itch to like, go in. You, and do you know what? In Skyrim, you always when you replay it, you think, I'm going to try and make a new build. So I'm going to go yes. in as a Nord and do a heavy weapon. And you always default to stealth arrows because it's just the easiest way to play the game. To be fair, I normally do pretty well, at least Skyrim-wise, with sticking to the role that I've decided to play from the start. of. Like, I just one, one time was like, I am going to be like the Berserker Orc that only uses melee. And like, I, I didn't ever do like, I'm actually just going to do the bullshit self-dagger-like mm-hmm. shit. I, I just stuck to it. I was quite proud of myself to 
but to be able to do that. But more often than not, you end up playing the same way. Within Baldur's <laughs> Gate, very easy, every yeah. time I've played through it, like, and here's the thing, no word of a lie. Every single time I play this game, I don't mean every time I play through it, I mean every time I boot up and play. Mm-hmm. Of like the half dozen or more playthroughs I've done so far, I will get a conversation I've never seen, an interaction I've never seen, something in combat I've never seen or done before because I'm just trying new bullshit, and a new area that I've not seen. I'm not sure how yeah. much of this stuff is like stuff they keep adding because they keep adding new patches because apparently one of the things they, they were patching the game because so much stuff was getting missed because people were playing it too conservatively. So I will give you one mm. piece of advice if you ever play this game. Long rest like a motherfucker because long rest gets rid of all like, the buffs you've gotten so far. So mm. people, re- do you like that thing like using elixirs in Final Fantasy? Mm-hmm. So a lot of players weren't doing it, but a long rest is what basically resets your party and is where all the cutscene stuff happens. Right. So I was missing out on so many like fun, dumb interactions with my party because I was mm-hmm. just afraid to like long rest and lose like the buff I've got. <laughs> Even though it's like really easy. To, and once you learn that and you start to like, for example, like not casting high level spells because I'm afraid I might need it. It's like, no, fuck it, cast as many high level spells as you want and then just go long rest. Yeah. And, um, it's one of those funny things of, uh, you know, you say like about just seeing a new interaction every single time. It's like those that so many video um, that went like pretty viral uh, not long ago. Someone sharing like, oh, here's like fifty different ways people I've seen like the get goblin, the goblin encounter. So many, and it was one of those things where I, you know, I'd been telling my partner like we should play Baldur's Gate three. It's meant to be like you know one of the games of the years. It's like, the D&D. video game, yeah, Abs- without a doubt. Like- and- I can't Very think of a video. Much like she trusted my word for it and was like, "Okay, we can give it a shot." Like when we can, and then I show that video and she was like, "Oh, now I think I get it." Joe, you know what gets like, me yeah. as well, I don't think I've ever had this with any other video game, at least not recently. Of, ev- I got rid of Baldur's Gates. So I met room for playing. I've replayed like Final Fantasy VII over Christmas, and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I reinstalled Baldur's Gates. They had the, like, the part I update, and the first night I had it installed, played till three in the morning. <laughs> it's like just every now and then because I'm normally a per- well, I'm a night owl I work of well, a night a, and it's I'm a like, game I've already played can you yeah. think of a game where you do that of like if you're going back through it's like I know what's but because so much new stuff is I don't know what's going to happen I know mm-hmm. like the bare bones of a story because obviously it's going to take the same basic path through but I don't know what interactions are coming up I don't know what my combat's going to look like I don't know what my build is going to end up like and that's like you know where i I love video games going down that path, and that's like what I want the future of video games to be. Is like you know similar other game of the year this year, like or last year, sorry, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Of like every time I boot up the game, I come up with like, a new contraption that yep. never fucking works, but is fun to interact with the world. And here's the thing that makes Baldur's Gate so great: because so far, I have only done custom character playthroughs. Because I want you can, if you want, play as. As it says here, so origins are player characters in Baldur's Gate 3, chosen during character creation. Each of the seven origins comes with a predefined backstory as well as its own unique quests and interactions. An eighth custom origin is also available that does not come with its own quest but can nonetheless interact with the game's story. And, like, you know, it's for role playing purposes. So each of, like, your companions, you can play as them if you want, they have their own unique story unique interactions, and unique interactions with each other. 
So you can play as all of those NPCs instead? Yes, and they all have their own unique stories, unique items, oh. unique interactions. Um, you can, like, pair them up any way you want. Yeah, that's, like, breaking my brain because I just thought exactly. they were all, like, side do- characters. I've not even done that yet. I've not <laughs> done that in a Starion playthrough, but apparently you can, and it's completely different to the playthrough I've already got. And that, then there's the Dark Urge one, which is, like, the evil dickhead playthrough. Apparently, that completely changes the game. That is, like, one of the people who've played that have said, like, it's bad because you will kill characters that you don't like or you'll kill characters that you like and you won't be able to deal because the Dark Urge, my understanding is it's just you are constantly fighting a dark voice in your head that tells you to do evil things and you can resist it or you can choose to embrace it and you'll do things that are completely unique to that version of the playthrough, such as, like, when you encounter, for example, Gale of um, uh, Waterdeep. When you first mm-hmm. meet him, he's trapped inside a rock. And, like, okay. in a regular playthrough, you've got to pull him out of the rock. And you can, like, you know, if you're a, a barbarian, use your strength to pull him out. If you're a wizard, you can, like, quiet the storm, like, you know, quiet the spell so he can, like, escape himself. A warlock, you can, like, call on your patron to, like, you know, just evoke the strength to necessarily pull him out. On the dark urge, just cut his arm off. <laughs> he can cope with one arm, right? No, he's gone. Oh. You never see him again, he's gone. And that's like, and that's just the literal first like ten minutes of a the game. There is that's fif- like your there's first 50, encounter. There's fifty more hours of that. And every character has their own unique backstory. And this is where I'm like, oh yeah, I can see that you know, because they, they spent like eight years on the game or something, and like three of those were years in early access getting feedback and shit. It's like I, 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 I'm starting to understand like little bits of just how fucking just the breadth and depth of this game. The fact that every single thing is mo-capped and voiced. Yeah. And like I said, and while I've not done like the full playthroughs with like one of the origin characters, during gameplay, if you want, you can pick and just walk around as that character. Like say for example, like if you want to like like Astarion is like, you know, he's the thief, so I want to use him for lot picking. But every now and again I'll be mm. walking around, I won't change back to my character. I'll walk up and start a conversation. And Astarion gets unique dialogue and interactions and responses because he's a so, vampire and stuff. I know like the custom character, they don't have spoken dialogue, right? They have um flavour text when they're talking. Like when you select them, for example, they'll say, like, I've got a lot on my right. mind. Oh well, but in it the, the the dialogue trees aren't fully spoken. But does that work with like other characters who do get voiced? And um, when you play as them during the game, they get their own voiced things, and they'll say some things. As my understanding of it is, they'll say some stuff. But when you're selecting their options, they won't. But characters that you're speaking to have unique dialogue as if they're speaking to you. Like I've seen clips mm-hmm. from like the Astarion playthrough, where like mm. and just one of the things that cracked me up is you can just keep telling people you're not a vampire. <laughs> even when you're clearly a vampire and like all your like player characters get really annoyed about it I love the idea of just every time he encounters someone like I have no idea what you mean I'm clearly not a vampire yeah, as like can... he's just stood next to like a fucking mirror with no reflection and something I've talked about before is like when I pick um, wikis for like wiki weekdays and wiki weekends I'll normally decide, I'll do a Wiki Weekdays one if I want to have a big discussion, and I'll do a Wiki Weekends mm-hmm. one if I want to put lots of clips in. I would love to put, I would, and I was really torn on, should I do a Wiki Weekends to do put clips in of all these funny interactions, or Wiki Weekdays to talk about it? And then I thought, I don't, and I did a few searches, and I went, I don't think I can do the Wiki um, Weekends because 
a lot of the clips that exist of these interactions are people playing on PC where they've modded their characters mm. to just be like wearing like um, uh, waifu bait shit. And of like of all games, Baldur's Gate Three is the one where if that's what you if that's what you get your jollies that's doing, the horniest game of yeah. horny games. Yeah. If that's for you, fair enough. But I don't want to put that clip in a video and get it demonetized. It's funny as well because um, you say that. Like I had a similar thing of I try to do similar things of generally if something's a bit more relevant like i'll keep it to the weekends one mm-hmm. but with echo i was like i don't think there's many like good clips to put in of echo and the show's not out yet yep. so i couldn't really use clips and like even a couple of days after the show's out i don't want to put loads of clips in of like spoilers yep. and stuff but, but so mate, like yeah, even so... for me i was like oh yeah let's just make it a podcast one this week but there's so many clips that i would love to put in of boulders gate even just like the stupid out of context stuff Mm-hmm. is so good like and i said like the fact that it's all uniquely voiced and everything's mo-capped and you can play as any character during any cutscene makes it really really like just the replayability is like almost infinite and just like it's the little character moments that absolutely just slay me sometimes like uh but mm. you know we're gonna let's get down to the overview here so most origins have a set background race and appearance that cannot be changed as well as a pre-selected class that can be changed at any time in camp past a certain point early in the game. And that's one of the other things that adds like so much replayability as well of, you know, like Astarion, he's your rogue. Lazel is your fighter. Karlak is your, like, your berserker, your barbarian. At any point in gameplay, you can just change them and make them the complete opposite of all that. And me, is like, I love shit like that. I love build mm-hmm. crafting in like role-playing games. I love like playing Monster Hunter and picking off meta builds. You can turn your barbarian into your wizard. And simultaneously, mm. you can make a wizard that you try and put all your stats into strength and make a wizard who hits things with a sledgehammer if you really want. Or you can multi-class into a wizard <laughs> barbarian. Or you can multi-multi-class into a wizard barbarian warlock. Or multi-multi-multi-class and make a wizard barbarian warlock sorcerer. Or multi-multi-multi-multi-class. And just... It, infinite. Yeah. I, I love that shit. Because like, I, I really personally like doing the runs where it's like... After I've, you know, done a playthrough or two and I get a really good understanding of the game, I love being like, here's my party, let's put them all in the role that they are worst at, or like, in Pokemon being like, never use a fully evolved Pokemon to beat the game and stuff like that, I've just like, actively hinder myself to be able to play through the game and try and challenge myself on the mechanics better. And here's the thing as well, every single character has unique voice lines for every class. I'm just uh, and the game not, can not get just you, not just like, you, not just unique voice lines, unique battle lines. So, for example, the barbarian, when you rage for your special ability, you do a big roar. Every character has a roar, and everyone is hilarious. This is the annoying thing because, like, you know, playing a game like that, like for example, it's, like it's playing, ruined all the games for me. Playing Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, like, it gets me actively annoyed that, like. I don't have the freedom of like climbing anywhere the yeah. fuck I want in other games and shit. I, I can and never like, play Skyrim. I, I might not play Final Fantasy X. I'll play Final Fantasy X, but I might not be able to play like another RPG again because this is just this is the RPG. And I'm done. Like, that's I have the thing it. is most most developers don't have the fucking budget to be able to be like let they put do hundreds of people on like they don't not really. every developer but the big ones not do. every developer Bethesda has, does. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Bethesda can get fucked with Starfield because, like, Going that into... is, like, Skyrim in space with empty maps, and I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> Yelling at people in reviews. But just, like, the idea of just, like, 
yeah, now it's going to be annoying when I play other games and don't have that level of freedom because, like, they didn't spend eight years on a game. I, like, I will it. not... Like, the thing as well, as well, just the flavor text is what gets me because I said, like, everyone has contextual lines. And recently I'm playing through, I, I, I thought, you know what? Let's make Carlac really sneaky because the idea of the seven-foot-tall person who's constantly on fire being my thief is really funny. <laughs> and when she sneaks, she goes, sneaking Carlac, hee-hee. And it's like, why does she have that line? <laughs> and that's the thing, is you only need, I just say, a few flavor text lines for each character, but when it's each character for every class, for every opportunity, like, those couple of lines here and there, they add up so quickly. Not so much, like you mentioned the Mass Effect. You, know, you have, like, the different combinations of characters that have different conversations. They mm-hmm. have that in the overworld. Different characters yeah. will have different conversations in the overworld based on where you are. So just as I think, even if you're playing the exact, you put the same the same roles but different characters, they'll have completely unique and different conversation. I'm hearing voice lines I've never heard before and conversation I've not had. Like, there's a moment where if you don't romance anyone, one of your party members will just romance other people while you're not there. <laughs> if you leave them in camp together, they will just romance each other. You're like, what? But that's realistic, yeah. right? If you just like leave a bunch of hot people in camp on their own for a long time, they're gonna get fucking. It's great, but like, you know. So, do you have a character that you are familiar with, or would like to hear a little bit more about? Like, what character do you think well, would be like your bro, your boy, or your girl? I don't know, but I know that you want to talk about Carlac. So well, let's Carlac. talk about Carlac. So we have Carlac here. Carlac, the Fury of Avernus, and she is so Carlac. Carlac Cliffgate, because she does have a last name, is a tiefling with a barbarian class and an outlander background who can either be selected as an origin character during creation or recruited as a companion when playing as a different character. And apparently playing as Carlac is amazing because she has, like, she just breaks the fourth wall. Like, oh, really? She, she straight up knows she's in a video game. Like, when you first oh. meet her and you ask her what a deal is, she says, like, look, 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 there's time for tragic backstories later, but we've got a mission to do. Oh. And, and if you just leave her in camp and just watch her for a while, she'll start singing along to the theme song. Like she sings so, along to the background music. It's not like She-Hulk levels where she can like come out of the game and tell you off, but like she's semi-aware of like tropes and shit. Yeah, like, and there is like a rare bit of dialogue I've never managed to proc myself, but I've seen clips of where like she straight up just looks into the camera and says, "Are you having fun?" <laughs> and if you say yes, she says, "Then it's all worth it." It reminds me of kind of um, Sonic's idol poses where he like looks at the camera and just taps his watch like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. It says here that in multiplayer, if Carlac is chosen as your origin character by one player, Will cannot be chosen by another player and vice versa because Will and her have like an intertwining origin story, so the games wouldn't work. Mm. Okay, yeah. You have like an overview. Because of the infernal engine in her chest, Carlac is uniquely able to spend soul coins as a consumable item. Doing so, doing so will grant her infernal fury until her long rest. And that's one of those things. She doesn't have a heart. She has a robot demon heart that you have to fix throughout the game. And it is a crime. And the same, the game is amazing. Played mm-hmm. it through multiple times. I am absolutely destroyed. Also spoilers for... The end Spoilers. of her storyline. Her, her storyline is incomplete. You can never fix her heart. And there is a bunch of cut content and stuff in the game. Because they say, oh, a heart is of demonic in origin. And it's like, you can f- kind of fix it, but not completely. And then, like, you know, she has to go back to hell. And it's like, so if you romance her, she just fucks off, which kind of sucks. 
But then, like, they have moments at the end of the game where robots that are made of the same material as her but upgraded start saying, oh, your heart's defective, go get it fixed. And then you never get a follow-up to that conversation. And there's stuff in the cut content saying you were meant to be able to fix it, they just couldn't implement it. It's like, no, put that back in! (laughs) It's like, oh, God damn it! Oh, God. And, like, you know, it's one of those of... I, I, I hope they can pull that back in. At some point, there will be but, no doubt a complete edition that will put this in because, like, these updates that they've been doing have been like putting cut content and lines back in and rejigging mm-hmm. quest lines and like moments and paths through the game because obviously so many different things can interact. There's so many things that have like needed fixing and addressing. I have no doubt in my mind that they will eventually fix that, but god damn, is it a kick in the teeth when I like try to play through the game? I looked up after the fact, like, could I have saved her? No. Oh. There's no way to do it. God. And yeah, like I should say, it'll get fixed over time probably, but it better do. It's just it's a real actually it's a crime that you can't. And as well, description. Right? Because she is the best girl, the spicy cinnamon bun. Carlac is an extremely passionate individual who strives to live life to its fullest. She tends to speak excitedly regarding any of life's simple pleasures, whether that be food, drink, friends, or intimacy. Her demeanour is generally joyous and very forward, having no fear of loudly proclaiming her love of being alive and how much she cares for those close to her. And that's the point where she'll just like, when you select, she's like, man, I love being alive. She'll just straight up just say it. Sorry, the dogs were kicking off. Oh, it's yes. fine. And like, cool. One of her like just default animations is just doing a little jig. One of the funniest <laughs> bits as well, when you play in the game, you talk to other characters, occasionally in the background you'll just see her dancing. Do you know like that meme? Where there's like this person dancing in the background. Oh, yeah. Like, there was a run that I was doing where I was turning down another character who tried to like hit on me. I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't see you in that way. And just Carlac's like... No, I ran it up because I was like romancing Carlac and Carlac's in the background dancing. <laughs> I, uh, I did also, you know, just find it fun when I was at yours uh, not long ago and you were like, Oh. Just watch what happens when you don't bring Carlac into a fight. She, she, like, this game, like, I think a lot of people have talked about how it has some of the absolute best voice acting seen this generation. Because mm. one, there's so much of it, and two, so much of it is just so good. And it's so yeah. believable. And I think the line you're going to bring up is what, Lucas? I, I don't actually remember the line. But you remember I showed you, right? I remember that you showed me it, and it was just like her being disappointed that she couldn't come along. Yes, if you tell her to stay in camp, especially when you find out, oh, I've only got like a week to live. <laughs> she goes like, really? Really, really? And the first time she said that to me, I genuinely felt bad and said, no, you can stay. <laughs> we can bro out and just keep going around killing goblins. And she's like, fucking... How many games just like your party selection is like on an idle screen or something? Just doing nothing. Um you know, similar to Mass Effect, do you just pick two characters? But like the fact that your character can turn around and be like, "Really, you're yep. not bringing me into this fight?" But then some characters as well, they'll appreciate it. Like Lazelle. initially, she's mm-hmm. like, she's so she's the Githyanki. Uh, she's the one who's really pragmatic. And initially, when you say like, "I need to like stay at camp," she goes, "You really think you can survive without me?" But when you earn her respect and you tell her to stay back in camp, and she goes. Are you sure that's the wisest course of action? And if you say yes, you say, okay, I'll be here when you need me. Mm-hmm. It's just like stuff love, like that. I love that shit where you're like, you can actually get, you know, reactive reactions over time. Yes. 
And like, you know, as you like, and one of the other things is like, as you romance the characters, their interactions become more playful. Mm. Like, for example, with Carlac, of like, you know, when you romance her and you start talking to her, she'll just like, if you die in combat, she just like sometimes occasionally gets a chance of rage. Oh. And like, and there's a bit where you go into like a really cold part of the world. And like, because she's constantly on fire, she says, don't worry, stick close to Mama K. I'll keep you warm. And it's like, yes! <laughs> it's so good! Oh man, that's cool. Look, just like, yeah. Uh, uh, she's got flame body as her ability card. Just she not, can keep you warm. Not to mention just her design. The idea of like, we're going to make the seven foot tall barbarian devil woman, and she's the happiest one there. I saw her. Um, it, it's classic yeah, games, it like, like, you know, just the character is completely, their personality is completely against what they're like looks would suggest it's a very basic character thing but it works every time when it's done well it works so good yeah I, it was funny i saw um i think it was like Sorry. over the weekend just um saw a tweet going around and it was just like oh please like when you're doing fan art of carla please make sure you don't give her a tiny waist like this is her build inside the game like just leave the muscle mummy to be a muscle mummy, please. Yeah. And there's a bunch of people who've done like um, a really great cosplay of her. Mm-hmm. She's a really great yeah. character to cosplay. And just, yeah, the, the voice acting is so good. And Carlac specifically, like, I've never seen this voice line because there's no fucking way I'm going to do it. But like, when I was looking <laughs> up some clips of potentially putting things, I wanted to specifically single out the character of Halsin. Because he's not okay. a character you can play as, but he's in your party. He joins a bit later. He is the mm-hmm. one that everyone was. Even if you've not played the game, Lucas, you might. Are you familiar with the bear scene? Oh yes, okay. everyone's familiar yeah. with the bear. If you don't know anything about Baldur's Gate, the one thing you do know is that you can have sex with a bear. And the character who is the bear is called Halsin, and you meet him later in your party. And it's kind of genius uh, later in the story. And it's kind of genius that by that point in the story, you've probably already started a romance with one or potentially two of the characters in your camp. And it's probably like, you know, starting to blossom into something serious. And that's around mm-hmm. the time you'll, in, like, you know, Halsin will join your camp. And Halsin is a huge, buff, friendly elf man. So a lot, right. like, so a lot of people, and he's, all, he's really nice. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, he might have just, as I was familiar with the concept of, like, polyamory and all that stuff, like, you know, prior to playing yeah, the game. Yeah. But I think his explanation of it, because, like, he broaches the subject to you, you can ask him what it is. And his one-sentence explanation is, like, one of the most... It's so succinct, where he just says, like, look... And he's, he's such a bro about it. He's like, look, you know, I'm happy to join your party. I'm glad to be your friend. But mm-hmm. I think there could be something more between us. But I can tell that you're already in a relationship, and I don't want to pursue anything without your partner's express consent, and perhaps one day, their participation. But you have to go mm-hmm. speak to them first. And every party member that you can romance when you tell them about it... Their reactions range from they're okay with it to they're absolutely not okay with it to they are okay with it, but you can tell that they're not okay with it and just don't want to lose you. And Carlac is one of those people. And her mm. voice line, she's like, well, because she can't touch it because she's on fire. And she'll say, well, look, um, I'm never going to tell you not to live life to the fullest. And if this is really what you want, I'm not going to stand in your way. Just know that it's not for me. Mm-hmm. And then it's like it's so crushing to see that line. It's like no, nah, yeah, and but, like that's. But this is a game we can have sex with, and then it's, you go have sex with the bear. 
That's one of the interesting things, because, yeah, it's not just necessarily about, like, oh, I want to fuck everything that moves. Like, there is that kind of more, uh, like, kind of a bit of a deeper understanding to it and a bit more of, like, actual, you know, communication and relationship. And, yeah, I think, like, I don't have the best understanding of polyamory because I've not experienced it myself. But, like, um, I think, like, a lot of times in media it's portrayed as, like, oh, well, we both say we have an open relationship so we can go and cheat on each other whenever we want. It's yes. like, no, not really. It's an entirely a relationship based around communication and consent. And that's the thing as well, and you can do that. And like I said, there's some characters who are explicitly okay with it. One's like Lazel, for example, if you mention that, she says, no, we've committed to one another. And if you even broach, like, I'm happy you broached the subject with me, but you know right now that I'm not fucking okay with that. And if you even attempt it, I'll immediately break up with you. And there are people... Like, end of discussion. End yeah. of discussion. Like, I'm glad you brought it up with me. We can have the discussion. I'm not okay with it. And I think it speaks to the quality of the writing and how much people get attached to these characters that there are countless forum posts that I've seen <laughs> of people like, yeah, I was pursuing a relationship with Carlac or Lazel or Shadowheart. And um, uh, I went and like tried to romance another character or one of the random sex scenes that can happen happened. I said yes, and now that character won't speak to me. Can I get them back? It's like, no, you cheated on them. Because they're just so used to a video game of being like, oh, I just press the positive option until the positive I thing happens. I just press, like, have sex with everyone I want, and I get no consequences. Yeah, and they're like, oh, but, like, you know, Carla broke up with me. Um, How do I get her back? It's like, you can't. You broke up. She's like, you know, she explicitly told you not to do it, and you did it. Same way as like in conversations, if you say something another character doesn't like, it's like, oh, well, I was in a conversation, I said something that like Shadow Heart didn't like, and now I can't romance her. Is there any way to win her back? It's like, no, because she doesn't like the decisions that you've made, so she doesn't think of you that way anymore. Like, like you like, damaged that relationship. Yeah, and like, but no, there must be a way to win her back. It's like, no, you've fundamentally broken her trust. She's not going to like you in that way. She'll be your party member and your friend, but she won't have romantic feelings for you anymore. And it's like, no, but how do I get her back though? And it's like, these are like the posts you'd see on Reddit of like guys who are like, oh, my girlfriend left me. How do I win her back? It's like, bro, she's gone. <laughs> she's uh, gone, like, bro. <laughs> video game wise, I've had kind of a similar moment before where first playthrough of Mass Effect 2, mm-hmm. um, I was playing through and I was playing like, this was my first ever run and I was just playing my shepherd of like, I want to be a reasonable shepherd that is like, Renegade want to feel like it's an option and Paragon want to feel like that's an option. Yep. And then um, I ended up like having a romance with Jack and then Miranda and Jack had an argument and I sided with Jack because mm-hmm. they were my, my romance partner at the time. Yep. And it was like, okay, so how do we repair a relationship with Miranda? And it was like, you can't. well, you've done enough of both Paragon and Renegade that you can't now. And I was like, okay, but okay, there must be some other missions I can go on or some other side quest and some other, like, extra loyalty mission I can do to win her trust back because, like, I I want to gain her loyalty as well. Yep. It's like, no, no, you've fucked your run. And it's like, I just sat there for, like, hours just Googling away, like, how do I fix it, though? Yeah, there's got to be a way. And it's the same thing in this of, like, people... And because... Like I said it's ruined other games for me. Like Joey Mass Effect, I want to be a pos- I want to be a goody two shoes. It's pick the top mm-hmm. option. The thing is, you can be a goody two shoes in like Baldur's Gate, and some characters won't like that. Mm-hmm. 
And it's not like they don't like being a goody two-shoes, it's just it doesn't gel with their personality. And the best example of that is the other character, and we'll cover Astarion, because he's the one that everyone loves. Of course. He's like, yeah. you know, elf daddy, everyone loves elf daddy. So Astarion is an origin character and a companion in Baldur's Gate 3. He's a high elf rogue with the charlatan background, specialising in stealth and sneak attacks. He's portrayed by award-winning voice actor Neil Newborn. And, yeah, just... Oh, God. I, as far as I'm aware... I've not played every game from like, you know, that was nominated for game of the year, etc. etc. Et but like just seeing clips that people have shown off online of Astarian's voice acting, and I'm like, yeah, fair enough. He's so he's so sassy. And here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he's one of the few characters who is he's okay with evil choices, but he's not necessarily evil. He's just pragmatic and he's a vampire, so he's two hundred years old. So his concept with it. Yeah, his concept of morality is skewed. Mm-hmm. And you have the abilities like he's basically the I can change him guy. Where you can make <laughs> it if you want him to lean into his evil, like not giving a fuck attitude, you can do that. And if you party up with Astarion and you've got like Karlak in your party and you keep trying yeah. to do things to please Karlak, you're going to piss off Astarion. And that's the problem, right. like people have done that like, oh no, I like, you know, I did this decision that I killed like this certain character. And like Carla didn't like it. Is there any way to get her approval back? It's like, no, you killed a character in front of her. She doesn't like that. It's like, yeah. but I picked the good option. Or like, I picked the good option, and a starion doesn't like it. Is it because he's not a good character? Like he and is a decision that he wouldn't have made. It's not one of those things. Like I, I don't want people to listen to this who haven't played the game thinking like, oh, so you immediately like make one bad decision, and this person like. No never speaks to you ever there's again only a few, there's a few moments where that will happen but they're like mm-hmm. they're big decisions like they're yeah. big story decisions where some characters can straight up fucking leave your party if you just mm-hmm. if you do the wrong thing like one of the things you can do is you can cheat on Karlak and if you do that she leaves the party like she just she yeah. straight up just fucks off and leaves and you never see her again and again there are people cool. online who are like how do I get her back <laughs> so I cheated on Karlak after romancing and she left and it's like if you understood her backstory, which you probably should do if you like romancing her and you talk to her all the time, you'd know why that would be the one thing that character would not appreciate. And, people like, and would just I'd... not accept. Again, yeah. it's like that Ask Reddit thread, isn't it? Like, I cheated on my wife and she divorced me. How do I win her back? It's like, you don't. That's it. You've <laughs> you done. Up. You've, you've done it. You've fucked up. Yeah, so it's not like you make one bad decision. It's more just like people are like, oh, I keep pissing off. I pick, like, if you try and just play it like I want to be a goody two-shoes. No, play it as a role-playing game. Play it how you would. Make, yeah, make a decision you wouldn't see who likes them. You know, we're talking about Mass Effect a lot because we're playing through Mass Effect mm-hmm. 2 right now. Um, but, like, yeah, it's not one of those things in Mass Effect where if you just commit to good or, like, Paragon or Renegade, not good or evil necessarily, but you commit to Paragon or Renegade, everything can be solved by just maxing out one bar. Yeah, whereas in... And that's not the case with human beings and real life and real relationships like in Baldur's Gate. So is that Baldur's Gate? Like, you know, Astarion is ostensibly like when you first play always the bad character. He agrees with all the bad decisions. But as you go through the game and through the game again and again and you talk to the character and you, know, you learn and you learn his backstory, it's not like he always agrees with the bad options. It's just that he has a different sense of morality mm-hmm. and he's just more pragmatic. So for example, like Astarion, Prowl the Knight is a vampire spawn for centuries, serving a sadistic master until he was snatched away. Now he can walk in the light and has the chance at a new life, but how long can he keep his past buried? That's one of the things where you can keep coming across. There's like, you come across someone who's like, hey, I'm a monster hunter. 
And a star, if a star is in your party, is like, oh, what are you hunting? Um, uh, a minotaur, a kobold, a goblin? Like, no, I'm hunting a vampire called a starion. Do you know who? Do you know? Have you heard of him? And a starion, you see him in the background, go, oh, oh shit, no, you see him do that. He's like, well, anyway, moving on quickly, let's go. Oh god, and it's it's fantastic. Like when you see him like sneaking off in the middle of the night. You can see oh, him, like, really? you can see, yeah, you see him sneak off in the middle of the night, and he's like, what are you doing? It's like, go for a walk? Or you, like, find, like, oh, there's, like, a ball that's been exaggerated of, exaggerated of all its blood, and a star is like, is this really that interesting? We should go. Let's go. So, Let's go really fast now. Let's stop talking. Let's stop talking about this ball. I presume that you can get turned into a vampire by a You state. cannot be turned into a vampire by a starion. Oh, because right, he's okay. not a he's not a true vampire. Only a true vampire can turn. Which he explains. He says uh, he's a vampire spawn, and that's the joke that he keep making of like because uh, Will he's like the, he's a a hero who slays monsters. He's like the classic easy goody two shoes one, right? Yeah, and like he'll talk about like well, I've never killed a vampire before, and sounds like well technically I'm not a vampire. Just <laughs> just making that clear, I'm not a vampire. And he says like, it just. Don't sneak into the camp in the middle of the week. Like, just kill me. Yeah, so his approval. So Astarion approves of displays of power and cruelty, although not necessarily in, like, you know, all the time. He appreciates snarkiness and mocking. He's inspired when the player gains access to areas or information by deceiving others. The player does not necessarily have to be evil, quote-unquote, to gain his approval. However, he approves of choices the player makes that support independence and autonomy. So that's right. the thing. You think like a lot of the. It's not that he likes the evil choices. Is that he is out to serve number one, because he's mm-hmm. lived hundreds of years under the thumb of a cruel and abusive master, and he's finally got the freedom that he wants. So doing things that other people want him to do is the last thing on his mind. Right. So okay. in, so initially you read it as him always siding with the evil option of like, do you want to help this person? No. Astarion approves. Oh, he likes it when you're a dick. So no, he just he just doesn't care. He's 200 fucking years old. He's seen thousands of people die. <laughs> Why would he give a shit? Mm-hmm. And it's like that level of detail. Of like, yeah, initially you read is he's a dickhead and he's, he, he, just, he approves the evil choice. It's like, no, he's just, he, he just, he happens to like the choices that you would see as being evil. But for him, he just sees it as you're looking out for number one. Yeah. I just say pragmatic. Yes. And isn't that, fa- that's a fascinating way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Same thing yeah, like, like- just the idea of, yeah, this... I didn't realise that they were, like, you know, under some, like, master and didn't have freedom until now. And it's like, yeah, that makes perfect sense then. Of like, well, I've spent all this time not having freedom. Now that's all I give a shit about. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like... And that's, like, you know, it mentioned... That's not too much of a spot. It's, like, mentioned in his intro that he was serving a sadistic master because that's what he'll tell you if you pelly as him. Mm. And he's a, it says, he approves of displays of weakness and does not like acts of kindness or charity that do not offer a reward. So he's not above helping people. It's just, if I'm helping you, I want something for it. Yeah, it's he's not in for selfless acts of goodness. It's like, no, this needs to be a 50-50. Yeah. So like, that's the thing. He doesn't mind if you do the good thing. It's just like, you know, so if you do a good deed, but then you say like, okay, where's my cut? Mm-hmm. What you got in them pockets for like Astarian? Well, let me wet yeah. my beak a little. He likes that. Because I always love those options in RPGs where it's like, oh, please, can you help me? Like, I've lost this. And you're like, well, I can for a price. Yeah, what are you going to pay me? I'm not going to do it for free. I'm not a mug. I'm literally on my way to save the world. So what are you going to (laughs) do? What are you going to do for me? 
And that's the thing, that's what he likes. There's his personality. Astarion has the demeanour of a charming and confident nobleman. With a biting wit, he enjoys making sarcastic remarks and japes at other people's expenses. All the while acting smug and haughty. And that's just his personality to a T. of just like, darling, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> and he's, he's just so, he's so fantastic in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. But it says here that his decades of being a vampire have left him with a decided lack of moral scruples compared to the more upstanding members of the party, although it is somewhat understandable. Um, it makes him come across as ruthless or at best outright sadistic. However, this can be changed depending on how the character chooses to interact with him or play as him if you choose him as your origin. However, he does have certain lines he prefers specifically not to cross. And uniquely, like he's one of the characters who objects to very specific things that other characters don't see as a big deal. For example, okay. killing innocent people, especially when it's for their blood. There's also a moment right. in the game where you have the option to like sell your... Like, you don't sell yourself, but basically you can make a deal with like another character for um, a gain. And he really doesn't like doing that. And he's mm. like, he, he very strongly disapproves of doing it and will give you shit for it the entire time. So, I was going to say, as a vampire, does, like, does he still need to like get blood in some way, though? He gets it from animals. And one of the things that's right, really yeah. interesting is it says, I've only ever drunk from bat, like animal, like rats, and you'll find like dead animals around when you first recruit him. And then if you let him drink from blood, you can let him drink your blood to like, you know, empower himself. And if mm. you tell him only from animals from this point onwards, he will listen to you. And he will, okay. from that point onwards, only drink blood from animals. That's cool. So like, it does it, get, I say you, it empowers him in some way? It makes him more powerful to drink from a human, yes. Right, okay. And I think he will listen to you if you tell him to, but he doesn't like it, but he will listen. Yeah, and I respect that. It's like, you know, I, I would prefer to be able to do this, but, you know, as a member of your party, I will listen and respect your choice. There's also like a fantastic moment as well when you first meet him. If you just say, okay, I'm going now. Um, he gets really, really salty. But What if you, like, don't try to recruit him? If you, but there's this really... Because I, I did it as a joke. Cause I thought, I'm just going to... I played back through, so I know I'm going to go back and get him. But I'm just going to leave hmm. him and see what he does. And, <laughs> like, when he says, like, when you say, okay, I don't have time for this, like, he says, wait. And he, you see he's he goes... <sighs> and you know in his head he's doing that thing of, like, okay, Astarion, make this good. Make this fucking good. Because <laughs> if they go, you're fucked. And he goes, yeah. I really, really think we should work together on this one. I can be of great help. He's like, I didn't want to have to like stoop to this level. But, uh, yeah, I really need this. But it's the fact that you can see like the mocap take a deep breath in of being like, okay, you need to be serious right now because this, like, your life is on the line. You're losing this. Yeah, you're not selling it. Yeah, you're not. You're not. Co your swag's not good <laughs> enough to pull this one off. We say it's here. Tragically, his demeanor belies a trauma of decades, if not centuries, of abuse. Astarion's sire, the vampire lord Casador, performed horrifically depraved acts on Astarion that left him both physically and psychologically scarred, which you can discover through gameplay if you want to romance him or just become a bro. Mm -hmm. It says that, it, as a result, he's one of the few members of the party who is not afraid of committing um, cruelty or acts of deception in pursuit of that quest. However, whether uh, ultimately, whether Castorion will become as cruel and monstrous as his master, or if the player can convince him to ultimately become a better person than his abuser, is entirely dependent on gameplay. Of course, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It's like, 
yeah, he's set down this path, but you can, like, not, I was going to say manipulate, but, like, kind of steer him in a certain direction. Yeah, and as of yet, I've not done an Astarian romance, although I do want to, because like, he's, he's such a bro when you're just broing out with him. Mm. And apparently his romance is one of the best, because he's the one where if you, like, try and romance Halsin, you have a really, really like, heartbreaking line from him, where, like, that mask slips, just for a second. Mm. Where, like, you say, hey, do you mind if I go out and mount that bear? <laughs> a starring will say, really? Well, I guess someone would find that attractive. And then he'll, he'll stop and he'll go, is this because, you know, w- we haven't in a while? And, like, oh. you see in that moment, like, he's really, really nervous of, like, is this something I did? Because he's afraid yeah, is of... Yeah, my fault. Is this my... And it's yeah. like, you feel so bad for him. I'm like, oh, it's so, it's like, oh, and that's the video game. It's a fucking video game making me feel bad for this vampire bike <laughs> footboy. And that is the thing is, um, as far as I can tell from, like, you know, clips I've seen online and your descriptions of the interactions. It's so fucking, feels- everything is amazing. It feels reasonable as well. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. ever feel as though, like, you're not being manipulated. Oh, the character just hates you now for no reason. No, it makes perfect sense. Like I said, um, like, and different characters will react in different ways. Like, Astarian will say, I've been, I'm hundreds of years old. I've had, like, thousands of lovers. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you can do is if when you sleep with him, because I, I was speaking to someone else who played the game, said, Yeah, I slept with Astarian. And I told him I had better. And he goes, Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> he gets really upset. He's like, He's really proud of his coxmanship. I mean, after that much experience, you would hope that no one's better than you. But then it's if you like, this friend said, yeah, if you break up with Karlak after sleeping with her, and I had to check this, I did not believe it, because there's numerous things you can do that will improve like your, like, you know, your relationship with a character and like make it worse. And mm-hmm. like, you know, the drops will vary. Of, like, if you agree with them, it'll go up a little bit. If you like, commit an act they really don't like, it'll go down a lot. If you like, help them, it'll go up a, like, a big chunk. The single biggest increase or decrease you can get to a relationship is sleeping with Carlac and saying, I think we should break up. That was a mistake. And it drops oh, by a no. it drops by a hundred I checked it, it's a hundred points. The single biggest drop in the entire game. And that includes killing people. Like if you kill <laughs> one of your party members when you first meet them and then revive them, they'll forgive you. And they'll only get like a 40, 50 point drop. It's double oh, what it would man. be if you straight up fucking killed Murdered her. Them. And it's honestly, it's so, it's so mean. It's so mean. Oh, dear. You can't do that to her. You can't do it. And it's like, it's the only game that's made me really realize that meme of like, oh, why, in a video game where you can do everything, why do people play as a goody two shoes? Like, because being bad, make, because being mean makes me feel bad. This game makes mm-hmm. me feel bad when I'm mean. Yeah, like, I, I've never really had it in a role-playing game where just to be an evil person, like, made me feel bad in any kind of way. This one does, this one makes you feel real bad. Mm. Like, even though I showed you that thing of, like, just telling Carla like, to stay at home, and she's like, really? <laughs> really, really? And, like, that's the thing, it's not that she gives you shit, it's, like, the mum thing of, like, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. She's just sad that she can't hang out with you. Yeah, it's like, and it's like, oh no, that hurts way more than you being like, oh fuck you then. It's like, Joe, when you go outside and you don't take your dog with you, makes you go into the shops, <laughs> and your dog doesn't know that you just go into the shops, but it still looks just as hurt. It's like that. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, that's you know that's just two of the origin characters, and I could talk about this game all day. I will probably will no doubt talk about it more tonight <laughs> when we play Mass Effect. But hot damn, go play some Baldur's Gate three. Hell, goddamn yeah! I'm just yeah. As always, let us know which wiki won this week, and by that we mean just which discussion you had more fun listening to. Yes, and don't forget just to. Give us the old like, like and subscribe and mm. hit the bell and all that jazz. And if you're listening on uh, podcast services, just remember to follow. And if you're not listening on podcast services, that is an option. Yeah. I know a lot of people would prefer that way. Uh, we're basically found on every podcast service you can find yep. us. And yeah, thank you all for listening. Cheers, Roddy.